You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 768 of the Locked on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you live on a Tuesday afternoon into the evening. And today's episode is brought to you by the good folks at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Today's podcast features mostly uh, an exit interview of sorts that took place on Tuesday morning with head coach Lloyd Pierce and President of Basketball Operations and GM Travis Schlenk. They spoke to the media for almost an hour on Tuesday morning. I was on that um, Zoom call, um, per se, so that we'll spend some time on that. Also, some thoughts on Cam Reddish, who also spoke to the media on Tuesday afternoon, and uh, some broader NBA news that also could impact the Hawks at the end of the show. But first things first, um, the the Zoom with Schlenk and Pierce featured, I would say, uh, accurately describing as uh, dozens of media members and about 45 minutes of that or so I'm gonna play a bunch of audio for you I know that's not something I often do on the podcast occasionally I will for a post game or something like that but I feel like it's good to be able to share this kind of information in that audio form the audio is pretty good from this so that's on the bright side there are a couple of instances just as a warning that um people there's some background little stuff in the in the middle of that audio but in general pretty good audio so I want to pass that along to you I think there's a benefit to fans and listeners being able to hear from these guys directly so um first things first the, the first clip is, uh, is Travis Schlink talking about um, offseason plans for the Hawks and sort of the non-bubble aspect of what Atlanta's going to be able to do and other, and other teams as well, the other seven teams that are being left out of the bubble. And from there, um, this is a different clip, but uh, I sort of wove it together. Um, Lloyd Pierce's answer, just about the same exact thing right after that, and he was prompted about sort of the player side of the uh, of the non-bubble weirdness and all that stuff. So uh, here is what Travis and Lloyd had to say about the uh, offseason and navigating it. We're, we're still in the phase of, you know, what's been going on for the past a uh, little over a month now. Uh, one player, one coach on the floor. Uh, you can have four guys in the building at a time. You know, the league is uh, working with the eight teams not uh, going to Orlando to open up our facilities a little bit more, maybe to allow us to have some sort of competition ourselves, but, but all that needs to be negotiated uh, with the PA. So um, we've been working with the other seven teams trying to come up with a proposal to present to the league. And then the league would obviously have to digest that and take that to the PA um, and obviously get their sign off. So uh, we're hopeful that we'll be able to get something done, but there are obviously some steps we've got to go through as well. Yeah, I mean, we still currently have our Sunday and Thursday meetings. Um, you know, each guy is different. So in terms of what their moods are, um, a lot of them are eager to know, you know, what Travis just talked about, you know, what our next steps will be, um, as we all are. And it's really about just being, just, and they, they want it. They want the opportunity to play. They're waiting to see, you know, what capabilities we'll have. Um, so we're in this this holding pattern, and most of our discussion has been about that with regards to basketball. Is just you know what our next steps will be. As you hear in there, uh, you know everything. One of my main takeaways from all of this stuff is the fact that everything has to be negotiated with the MBPA, which is the Players Association. And I know I stressed that on the previous episode when all of the information came out over the weekend, but that's something that just has to be. Um, 
I would say emphasized is the fact this is all sort of, um, you know, ground that's not been covered in the past and the bubble's going to get most of the attention. But uh, something that just has to be remembered is that everything that's outside of the normal season has to be negotiated. So there's that's why there's so much uncertainty of what the Hawks can actually do. I thought it was noteworthy that both guys talked about, you know, the fact that they're working alongside these seven other teams. This is sort of a joint partnership from now these eight teams that are normally not aligned specifically with each other that are now doing this together. And also I thought that the uh, the players being eager to play and wanting to play is something that I always assume is going to be the case, but it's good to hear that as well, uh, sort of out loud um, from their standpoint. Um, from there, Pierce was then asked about um, sort of keeping guys fresh and engaged and everything like that throughout the offseason and kind of just making sure that they're dialed into basketball stuff during this extended time and how they'll navigate that. So here's what he had to say about that. You know, it's the ability to, to, to do what Travis talked about, the ability to get in the gym and, and have that full tape, full team capability to work out, potentially scrimmage other teams. And then we, then we just go into kind of an extended offseason. Um, obviously, you know, that would end in, in, in mid-August, and the season wouldn't start until December, so it's still an extended period of time. Uh, and we we'll do what we normally do is, is we come in for three weeks at a time and, and then take a week or two off and, and come back for three weeks and really focus on the development um, the weight room and just trying to have the guys in the gym at the same time. So, you know, we, we have an extended period of growth, uh, for our guys. It's, it's a little bit difficult, but, uh, we just have to be creative in how we go about doing that. And this is why this proposal that Travis talked about is so important. This gives us an opportunity to do something, uh, right now, similar to the other teams that are playing. Later in the same discussion, obviously, Travis Schlink said that it's sort of tricky about the offseason stuff right now for the Hawks because there's considerations that kind of affect guys differently. There's upcoming free agents. You got your your Jeff Teagues, your Travion Grahams, who are going to be hitting the market and who are not technically going to be on the Hawks roster um, coming up necessarily. And then you get into situations that, you know, guys are young players maybe uh, who are under contract for a long time um, and want to, you know, have this development process and learn and grow and get on the court to improve their games. Then you have um, everything else sort of considerations on like, obviously the guys with different tiers, you know, Trey Young's more established, whereas guys like Hunter and Reddish and even Kevin Herter a little bit further beyond uh, on that stuff. Um, also, I thought it was noteworthy that Schlenk was pretty non-committal on what it looked like and looks like personnel wise when, um, when and if, I should say, if they end up playing these off these offseason games, uh, he got that question about what that might look like and didn't really answer it. And I don't think he should because he doesn't really have an, an idea there. But I, I'm on record as um, if, I, if I had to guess if they have these, it's not going to be full squad, but I could be wrong about that. Um, he did not give an opinion on that just for what it's worth. Um, just sort of some broader notes here before we move on to some more audio. Um, the both guys said it's a concern for young players not to be on the court. They both mentioned that in unsurprising fashion. If you remember the last um, podcast or two that I've talked about, their dual statement that came out on Friday, they were definitely mentioned the fact that young players can be affected by this. No surprise there and nothing new. Um, but, you know, it's just something to consider for the Hawks more so than maybe some of the other teams, like like the Warriors, for instance. Um, the Hawks are this very, very youthful team um, headlined by their best player, who is now a star for sure, and Trey Young, but he's still a young player. They have all these young guys and uh, not too many veterans to consider, so it's definitely more swinging the pendulum to uh, that youth on this Hawks roster. Uh, the next clip that I want to play for you guys um, is Schlenk talking about whether it would be, quote, harmful was the question um, about in integrating Clint Capella and just kind of the fact that that was that they were not able to do that. So here's what he had to say about that. 
Yeah, I, I don't know that harmful is the word I would use. Uh, it's certainly not ideal, though. Uh, we would have loved to been able to get some game action with him, you know, the last 15 games or so. Um, you know, the good news is with Clint, uh, he was in Atlanta last week. Uh, you know, his foot's feeling fine. Um, he's got his strength back. So if we are able to have some sort of competition this summer, um, you know, whether it's official or, you know, unofficial kind of scrimmages, it would be great to get him on the court with our guys and just start that process. Um, you know, as it stands now, if we're not able to play, it'd essentially just be like signing a free agent. You know, it happens every year and every team. So it's, it's not unprecedented, uh, but it sure would be advantageous to, you know, to work those kinks out you know, the end of this season or during the summer. But but if we can't, um, you know, we'll just go into next year and, you know, we'll have camp to, to do that. Uh, it might take a little bit longer for him to get, you know, used to playing with our guys. But, you know, we'll get there. And I, I have full confidence in that. So you hear there's it's pretty upbeat, but nothing groundbreaking there with regard to Capella. I thought it was noteworthy, though, that Schlenk likened it to signing Capella as a free agent, um, which kind of makes sense. I mean, he hasn't really played. He's been around the team, which is certainly helpful. But in terms of basketball integration, you can't do as much or really much of anything during this time unless you're on the court. So keep that in mind. You know, they're, they're going to be adding Capella. At least they know that. They can, they can plan around that you know, scheme-wise. You can watch film. They kind of know what he's going to be more than another player might be because he's sort of established, you know, top, you know, top, obviously, upper echelon player. Player. At the same time, you're not going to know fully what you're going to get until he's on the court. Um, also, I wanted to mention, obviously, there's great news in there and that uh, Capella was in Atlanta last week, according to Schlenk, and that uh, he described his foot as, quote, feeling fine, end quote. That, that's a good thing. Um, they did talk about the fact that Chelsea Lane has not been able to really uh, sort of see any of the players so far. She's not been in the facility. There are trainers on site if anything happens, but uh, not the same full uh, evaluation that they would that he would be getting um, in terms of just from the team itself. I'm sure he's seen doctors along the way, et cetera, et cetera. But keep that in mind when talking about Capella, and uh, I'm sure they're going to want to see him play basketball in the near future if that is at all possible. Okay, we'll have more from exit interviews after a break from our sponsors. But first, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online. For 20 years, you go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, whether it's for your classic car or daily driver. Get everything you need, just a few easy clicks, delivered directly to your door. One of the reasons to repair and maintain your cars is to save money um, that that you can use for more important things like paying your mortgage or even buying food why would you choose to spend 30 percent or 50 percent maybe even 100 percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers so rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they are reliably low rockauto.com also offers as lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear out rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login the rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably easy to navigate you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specs and prices that you prefer Again, and best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers like you. So why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. And there are almost endless reasons to love Built Bar. In addition to an incredible taste of each and every Built Bar, Built Bar is perfect for anyone that's trying to be health conscious with the ability to lose or maintain weight while still indulging and enjoying in a tasty treat. Every bar is low calorie, low sugar, high protein. Fo- high- 
protein and high fiber. And to make these even better, a protein bar um, that tastes like a candy bar is the way that you would describe Built Bar. Each bar is covered in 100% chocolate, and unlike some of the other offerings in the space, Built Bars are soft and easy to chew. My favorite, as I always say on the podcast, is banana nut bread flavor, but there's plenty more, and uh, I, I'm honestly enjoyed every single one that I've ever had. In fact, there are 16 amazing flavors to choose from. They all present their own appeal that everyone can fall in love with. I would fully recommend Built Bar in order to check this out for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off on your first order. That is promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. It's a perfect day to try Built Bar. All right, back to basketball talk and uh, more audio from Lloyd Pearson and Travis Schlenk. The next thing I'm going to play for you guys is uh, Lloyd Pierce sort of on the overall viewpoint of where the Hawks are. Sort of a broad question, but uh, still uh, one you'll want to listen to, I think. I think we've all said it numerous times, extremely encouraged and excited about the guys that we have. Um, you know, we, we make a big deal about the core five and not only their, you know, what they were able to accomplish in, in the, the minutes that they shared the floor, uh, but just the hope and in, in, in seeing what, you know, small sample size, but good sample size. And you add Bruno into that mix and some of the things that he was capable of doing. Um, and then you, you look at what Travis was able to do at the deadline is bring in some veteran leadership and some veteran experience at the center spot, which was an area of need when you, when you speak of Clint and you speak of Dwayne Dedman. So, um, you know, we're, we're on the path that we've talked about for a long time and, and really building through the draft and then adding some veteran leadership. Uh, and then, you know, looking forward, you know, what, what we'll be able to do with our cap space and going into free agency over the next two summers um, is really encouraging. But it starts with our young guys and what we've seen from them, especially when they've been able to play together. There was a core five reference in there, which is always a crowd pleaser. It's something that I always enjoy when they go to that well, especially now when Clint Capella is on the team and it's the sixth guy. But alas, core five is uh, something that's caught on, which I always appreciate. Uh, but obviously fans will be interested in hearing some of the positive outlook stuff there. So I wanted to pass that along. If there's nothing really shocking whatsoever or really revealing about that, but still some uh, some upbeat and uh, I would say a positive outlook for the Hawks. Um, all right, the next question uh, or I guess response that was uh, in there that I wanted to pass along for you guys is uh, one that I almost knew would come, frankly, and it would be the only time that I let everybody hear the question itself um, in addition to the answer and the follow-up. Everything's going to be in here just so you guys have the full picture of what was asked and what was answered. Um, the question came from WSB-TV in Atlanta, and just because I want you to have the, the, the full context, so this is the unedited and a bit longer version of this, and it centers on the question of Trey Young playing in the Skins League game in Oklahoma. You probably saw the video making the rounds if you haven't listened to the podcast recently, but Trey playing in the sort of, you know, the amateur summer league in Oklahoma, and uh, here is that full clip. Yeah, this is for um, Coach or, or Travis. I was more curious to see, did you guys know about um, Trey Young participating in that summer league game in Oklahoma? And, and are there any concerns maybe even if, you know, you guys aren't able to meet in a proposal that the guys will be kind of working out on their own and concerns of maybe, you know, injuries or things like that this summer? Well, I think the beauty of it is, you know, we're able to see – why this proposal is important. Our guys want to play, and you respect the fact that our guys want to play and they're looking for, for reasons to play and looking for ways to play. Now, you know, we're trying to educate them on, you know, needing to be smart, and, and you know, this is why we want our players in Atlanta where we can, uh, while we're still dealing with the coronavirus, keep the facilities safe and keep our guys together. Um, so, no, didn't know. Um, 
but I think it's education for the league. And that's part of the proposal is can we provide a safe environment for our players against other NBA players? And we're able to monitor just for a short while uh, so we can avoid that temptation to, you know, now what do we do for the next couple of months? Did you say anything to him after you, you saw that video? Kind of like any concerns? Like we know you want to play, but you got to be careful with social distancing and, and, and things like that as well? Or It was just a reminder to, to our entire team, um, you know, to, to update them. And this is why we've had these meetings. You know, we, we've tried to remind them and update them on what we're doing as uh, with regards to the next steps. And so the last meeting we had was really – giving them the details about what the next steps are and, and, and reminding them to stay patient uh, as we try and put a plan together for them. So overall, I thought that was a pretty diplomatic answer from Pierce and one that I wouldn't expect him to give. Uh, he is good in these situations, I would say publicly. I think it was noteworthy that the team didn't know that Trey was going to be playing there. That probably isn't the greatest communication kind of thing, but also the team didn't really blast Young for it, which I thought was smart in this instance. They spun it forward, Lloyd did, and a sort of example of why the league needs to step up quickly and, and sort of give them an outline of for what the offseason is supposed to look like because, you know, in Trey's defense, there's nothing really outlined for the way that these teams are supposed to be playing or players are supposed to be operating this, this offseason. I think Lloyd was smart to sort of spin it into that and talk about um, the fact that it was a reminder for the team, et cetera, et cetera. Um, also, for what it's worth, I'm not going to play the audio for you, but later on, Pierce was asked about Young stepping out and leading the protest that he did in Norman, Oklahoma that we talked about uh, last week on the show. And he said it was, quote, extremely impressive and lauded Trey for stepping out of his comfort zone using his voice. Um, also, Travis did not answer, so keep that in mind. Um, there's, I'm not just leaving the audio out there. Travis didn't weigh in on uh, any of that stuff. So, uh, by the way, Trey is scheduled to be uh, doing his own extra, his own exit interview on Wednesday. So if there's anything from that, and, and wish he, I'm sure he'll be asked about this. If there's anything there, I'll pass that along. But I want to give you a little bit of the full picture on that because people have been asking me, and there's been a lot of national tension on that, at least, you know, I say a lot, like I would say national attention when it comes to uh, the Hawks not being in the bubble is kind of few far between, but the people were talking about that a little bit. So there you go on that. Uh, Transitioning now to a bit of draft talk. um, So as we sort of wind down exit interview stuff between Travis and Lloyd, Uh, I wrote about this early at Peachtree Hoops sort of in a hurry um, on Tuesday, but Schlenk was asked about his draft process and how sort of the front office is handling all of this. And I wanted to play one clip of uh, what he had to say. Yeah, so a lot of the guys at least projected to go in the top 10 ended up not playing a lot this year. So didn't have an opportunity to see them. You know, a couple guys went to Australia and, you know, because of injuries, uh, stopped playing early. Uh, Obviously, a couple guys, you know, left college early this year, as you're aware of. Um, So there is kind of an open-endedness to scouting there. As far as what we've done uh, during this whole process of scouting is, you know, we have our weekly scouting calls where we've kind of focused on five guys a week and the staff will go through and give their thoughts on it and we'll talk about them. And then, you know, we've been doing all the the interviews we can um, through Zoom, just just talking to the most prospects we can. So we've stayed busy. Um, now at least we have a tentative date on when the draft might be. Um, so it's given us uh, something to shoot for and we'll continue to, to move forward. You know, it's unclear at this time whether or not we'll actually, you know, have a combine uh, where we'll all go to one place or, or if those will, those will be virtual. Uh, it's unclear if we'll be able to bring players into market and work them out as we would in the past. Um, you know, we're, I guess, preparing that that's not going to happen this year and trying to do the best we can. 
Um, that would be quote unquote worst case scenario. And, and if things change and we are able to bring guys in or there is a combine, you know, that, that'll just kind of be uh, icing on top of the cake for us. I thought it was interesting to hear the broad strokes of what they're doing as a team during this. Obviously not a whole lot of specifics in there. Later, Schlenk was asked specifically about the lottery pick that the Hawks have, and he shared a familiar sentiment um, that he's been talking about for his entire tenure with the Hawks and saying, quote, they are not going to draft for positional need, end quote, with the lottery pick. Um, they did say that he he did say that they would consider need and fit stuff in round two with their pick if the, that they currently have if they end up keeping that of course um but he's obviously sticking with his best player available stance that's the right move overall um i i will say a couple people pointed this out to me on twitter after i wrote the story um that schlank seemingly prioritized need a little bit last year with the hunter trade and pick and uh, i do agree that fit was an influence there uh, almost undeniably what I do want to point out is they also, at least I'm, I'm sure people will disagree with this at, at, at some point in time, but they believed, I'm very confident that Hunter was the best player available. Um, my stance in the moment and the stance that still continues now is that they overpaid in that trade and that's well documented. But at the same time, I'm not sure that actually goes against um, his best player available public sentiments because I think they they actually felt that Hunter was best player available. Now, part of that was probably fit stuff as well, but they did like Hunter best player available stuff uh, excluded. And I think it's always important, by the way, um, to take all public sentiments from general managers and front office types before the draft with a grain of salt um, before, you know, it's just important to not take this stuff too, too seriously. It's noteworthy to be sure that he talked about that stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, people have pointed out and I have as well that, you know, this best player available notion this year will be put to the test probably, or at least potentially by the Hawks. If the Hawks are picking in the top two or three, um, you know, you can talk about fit versus need, et cetera, but there, there are a lot of different ways where the Hawks, at least on my board, the best player available may not be the best fit in the world. Um, and they'll be put to the test with that if they, at least if they agree with my board at all. And uh, I'm sure they don't, but alas, there you go on that. Uh, Schlenk did talk later on about the uh, uncertainty with the combine, maybe not even happening and not knowing whether they'd be able to even have prospects in town. A lot of that, just quite, a lot of those questions just have to be answered in the near future. And especially, by the way, Schlenk emphasized the, uh, the open question about medical information. That's one that doesn't get talked about a ton outside of the NBA circles, but inside the NBA, getting medicals is just absolutely crucial for draft prospects. Even if they don't have um, stuff in their past with injuries, they're going to want to see that medical information and getting that stuff is uh, important in making these evaluations, particularly at the top of the draft where the Hawks will be picking in the uh, near future. Uh, pivoting a little bit here before we get out of uh, this exit interview talk, one, one more clip. Uh, Schlenk was asked about the, quote, biggest priority, end quote, for the team to address this offseason, and I will play his answer for you right now. You know, looking at our roster, I think the biggest thing is we just want to have a more depth going into next year. Um, you know, it's no real secret. We, last year, you know, our, our depth didn't plan out. Um, so, you know, adding to our young guys, uh, uh, a quality bench. Um, you know, obviously at the deadline, we feel like we're able to uh, get some depth at the center spot. So we feel, you know, better there going into next season than we did last year. But, you know, we need depth. We need, uh, you know, Jeff Teague's a free agent this summer. So, you know, we'll have to go through the process with him and what we do at the backup point guard spot. Um, but we'll need some depth on the wings and at the four for sure. It should not surprise any Hawks fan, but uh, it is notable that Travis uh, was candid about the uh, death issues that they had this year and uh, how he talked about it not working, frankly, this season. And that's something I've talked about a lot. So there you go on that. It just wasn't uh, depth-wise. That just didn't have a lot of hits, more misses, to be sure. 
Um, it is hard, though, sometimes to talk about the Hawks offseason. It's something I've been trying to be open about this whole time because there just isn't that glaring need. It'd be a lot easier in some respects if they had not traded for Capella, for instance, because then you would know that they have this glaring need at center long term, whereas right now they don't have that glaring need. Now, there are situations and obviously areas where they need to improve. They need more shooting. They need more depth, et cetera, et cetera. But there isn't that, you know, that shiny, easy thing to talk about, which is what uh, Travis is getting, uh, I think, alluding to here a little bit. Also, backup point guard has been getting attention for a long, long time and obviously is here, as you heard. I mentioned of Jeff Teague's for agency to keep an eye on. I think, you know, center being better now is important, but they certainly could use and are going to need more bodies on the wing at four, potentially. So that's something that's an area to uh, keep an eye on, to be sure. Um, there was some other stuff extra to be used, to be, uh, to be sure, but... Um, just as a quick highlight, um, some positive comments about John Collins' development. There was talk about Trey Young's ascent to stardom, as you might imagine. Also, the fact that confidence has never been an issue with Cam Reddish. But um, there you go. Um, and, you know, finally, the, the last thing uh, that I'll mention was uh, a bit of national news, almost more so than Hawks news, that Travis ended up making on this uh, exit interview. It was reported uh, by a lot of people, including me, just sort of live tweeting it. But Tim Bontemps dove into this a little bit after the fact from ESPN. Travis said that there have been some discussions and proposals about a condensed schedule. Those are his words for 2021, uh, so basically you know, next season. And he specifically cited the previous focus on avoiding back-to-backs when possible and how that might have to change a little bit if they condense the schedule for next year. Later, he was asked for some more clarity, and he did say that he has heard an 82-game schedule is still the plan for next season as far as he knows. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with the schedule in general. And uh, Travis made a joke along the way to Tim Montemps about about getting him fined with the comments, which got a laugh from everybody. Um, but yeah, Travis made a little bit of news. You'll probably see that, that piece from Tim on ESPN.com. That's not a uh, Hawk-specific story. It's just that Travis is a NBA official making a comment about this and a condensed schedule for next year. That's definitely gonna something to monitor, we'll say. Okay, that's enough of that. Before we get out of here, two quick hitters of news items. Cam Reddish also had his exit interview. On Tuesday afternoon, just before I started recording this podcast, not as much news from that. Um, first of all, it was shorter. There's one guy on it, Cam, as a young player that's not always you know glowing with words. He was certainly canon in some in, in some instances, but not the kind of talker that Lloyd Pierce is to be to be uh, to be sure. But Cam did say that he gave himself a B as a grade for the season when he was asked about that. Talked about um, the fact that um, sort of. He, he wanted to, he, he was not thinking as much later in the year. He wanted to point that out a couple of different times and as sort of a good thing once he got more comfortable and that being important. He said it was he's sort of his best self when he's not thinking as much on the court, which, which I think I would agree with just watching him. Obviously, I'm not thinking in, in his head, but just watching him not have to process quite as much was certainly helpful for, for Reddish as the season went along. Uh, also, he is planning to be in Atlanta most of the summer. That was noteworthy to me. As uh, He did mention the potential to go to L.A. or back home to Philly at different times, but mostly in Atlanta for the summer when not planning to travel a whole lot. He wants to be in the facility and working with the staff along the way this summer in the offseason. And then uh, beyond that, just general ex-interview stuff, um, just kind of where he is as a player, where he, he sort of how he grew his relationship with Vince Carter as sort of a, a, sort of a leader type. Etc. Etc. The one thing I do want to mention briefly is that he did say his core muscle injury, which is what had him miss summer league last year and uh, sort of had a slow start. Uh, he, he said it actually affected him more mentally than physically early in the year once it got to the NBA. And uh, I think he, he did say that he got over that pretty quickly, but uh, he was asked about that. So I want to pass that along as well. Uh, last thing here before we depart is uh, sort of, again, sort of a broader news story, but it does affect the Hawks. There was reporting from ESPN on Monday, I believe it was, that the NBA will have a one-week window in late June where transactions are now allowed. This whole time, 
as the NBA has been in a hiatus, there's been a transaction freeze. And uh, those transactions will not be limited to the bubble teams, according to the reporting here. So the Hawks could make transactions. Teams will be able to convert two ways to standard contracts if they want to do that, if they have the roster spot. Teams can also sign players using the minimum exception, or if they have another exception to use, they could certainly use those as well. A couple of caveats here. The players that can be signed or converted either have to be G League players or someone who ha- who was already in the NBA this season or on a training camp contract this season. So basically, you can't sign Jamal Crawford, who was not, who was not any of those things. You can't sign J.R. Smith. And you can't sign an international player that was not around the league at all this season. So those are all those are all more obviously geared towards the playoff teams. But keep that in mind. Um, there's no there's not been any any official guidance on this just yet. From a Hawks standpoint, I thought about this on, sort of out loud on Twitter as well. Um, they could just do nothing. That's definitely in play. Or they might have one move to make potentially. And right now, the Hawks have a roster that is full. So keep that in mind. They have 15 players because they they converted Brandon Goodwin um, from two way to a regular contract. So they have. 15 guys on the roster. So without doing anything else, they couldn't do any they couldn't sign anybody right now. With that said, they could, again, this is just me guessing this is not sourced, they could elect to waive Vince Carter. Um because Vince is going to retire. Uh, Lloyd did say, uh, I think maybe Travis did as well that uh, Vince has still been on their Zooms and been active during this hiatus, but now that it's official, it's, you know, all indications are that Vince is going to retire and because of that, he's, you know, he's going to get all his money regardless. So if you waive him, that just creates a roster spot. Doesn't really do anything poor with Vince. That would be a move that is uh, just process oriented. Um, and if they if they wanted to do that, the Hawks could open up a roster spot. And uh, there's really no there's really no reason not to that I can see. Again, this is all hypothetical right now, but that could have some appeal. It would not be a sexy move whatsoever. It'd be one of those nerd things that I pay attention to, and Jeff Siegel and uh, Bob Overpeacher Hoops, people that like deep salary cap stuff, but. The Hawks could, if they had a roster spot, they could convert Charlie Brown, which I probably wouldn't do from a two-way contract, or they can go searching in the G League or someone who was on a training camp contract, someone who's available who might have long-term appeal that is younger and might have, you know, someone they could probably have around the facility this summer, maybe bring to training camp, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the whole object of that would be to have a team-friendly deal that would have like no guaranteed money or very little guaranteed money going into next season just to uh, increase your flexibility. Maybe you find a diamond in the rough along the way. Um, this isn't, it's not the same exact thing, but obviously the closest thing they have to that kind of contract right now is Brandon Goodwin, um, who they converted and then signed to a multi-year deal. He has only a hundred thousand dollars guaranteed this summer. And then he's, uh, fully guaranteed as of August 1st. And that might change based on the timeline, um, of the NBA's pushing back. But regardless, Goodwin's the guy who's sort of the model on the Hawks roster right now of a young player on a non-guaranteed contract. I think he'll probably be around, but just keep that in mind. Um, something like that, um, if we the Hawks effectively signed a G League guy to a multi-year minimum contract with small guarantees or no guarantees would make some sense to take a flyer on someone. Um, but without summer league, there obviously is a little bit less time to evaluate the, those guys if they want to do that. Obviously this is not the biggest deal in the world if they don't do that, but it is kind of an easy proposal. And uh, with Vince kind of that unique situation with Vince Carter and the fact that, you know, this was, this was sort of in the NBA ether, the Hawks could be involved here. They could not be involved here. And we will obviously update you if they end up making any moves during that transaction window at the end of June. Okay, that will do it for today's podcast. I apologize for the uh, length and the solo show, but hopefully it was broken up by the uh, 
audio from Lloyd and Travis. Again, I don't, I don't always do that, but I think it's good from time to time for people that listen to the pod and um, follow this stuff um, from afar to be able to listen to the actual direct quotes from Lloyd and Travis. And I was able to do that today. So there you go on that. Please subscribe to the podcast. I, that was a huge favor that I'm asking you each and every podcast, but please go ahead and do that for me. I really, really appreciate that. Please tell a friend about the show. Please check out our sponsors. And that uh, today that's rockauto.com and Built Bar. Please frequent them, uh, give them a look, and uh, purchase from them if you feel so led. And uh, we will be back later on in the week, maybe even have two more shows, but at least one more show along the way. So please stay tuned for that.